Hey, Brian, guess what I have? What do you have? I have a certain device that makes plosives sound better. (gasps) You got your pop filter. It was right here. I didn't really go to any effort. Oh. (laughs) At least you did without me having to tell you. What'd you have for breakfast? I don't remember. Are you sure? Because we had it together. Let me help. Wait, who are you? I'm Brian. I am your podcast co-host on Most Important Meal, the Important Breakfast Journalism Podcast. And we had breakfast together this morning. What is a podcast? Okay, um... Who am I? You're Jean Valjean. (laughs) I think you should help me. I can't find my boyfriend. I like I keep looking around the room, but he's not here. Well, that's because I'm over here on the other end of the Skype call across town doing a podcast with you, and that's why you can't find me there. Wait, are you in my computer? No, I'm not in your computer. Wait, Don't I'll get open. you out. I'll no, get you no. out. Don't break open. Oh, God, you broke open your computer. God. <clears throat> Is the Skype call still going at now that you smashed your computer? Improbably, yes. That's amazing. So tell me, what did you have for breakfast? What's breakfast? Oh my god. <laughs> Are you going to be this difficult all night? I'm in a really difficult mood. Is your difficult mood broadcasting difficulty onto others, or are you feeling yourself difficult? Uh, both? Today, for breakfast, <laughs> Brian and I found the new our new place we're really excited to talk about this because it was this thing where we woke up like with maybe an hour to spare before our DD campaign started because we're total nerds and basically we were like we need breakfast but we kind of don't have time to go out and get it so we were scouring through the grub hubs which i would like to put on record that Waking up in the morning and ordering breakfast is something that I have come to terms with as something that I do now. You know, I I don't have any qualms about it. We It was a beautiful, beautiful morning. We tried a place that we never would have tried because it's not like, like to me, if we're going to get breakfast in the morning, especially if we don't have a ton of time, more often than not, if we're going to go out, we're going to go to Bourbon Cafe, or we're going to go to Bagelsaurus, or we're going to go to like Brugger's. There's lots of places around us. So we don't have a lot of need to try new things, except for our very important breakfast podcast. And so on Grubhub, we tried this new restaurant. Um, I keep forgetting the name of it. It's Davis Square. Davis Square Donuts and Bagels. And it's a place, like, I'd never been to before, and I think they just joined Grubhub, and, like, it was just, it was, it was obscenely phenomenal. It was the most incredible breakfast pa- breakfast place. We each got a bagel sandwich with egg, cheese, and a breakfast meat. And the bagels were as big as our faces. We got a ton of food for the price, which I thought was fantastic. That's something I really look for in a restaurant. We also ordered two donuts, because we were thinking to ourselves, like... I don't know, like, sometimes you get a bagel sandwich, and even though, like, you know, bagel sandwiches are pretty high calorie-wise, like, no matter how, like, even if you're going to Brugger's, where their bagels are, like, honestly pretty small, so we were thinking to ourselves, like, oh, we'll grab donuts, because, like, you know, that way we'll get, like, super full for D&D, we won't have to, like, have a snack in the middle, blah, 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 and, like, 
The donuts were as big as our faces. You held it up to your face at one point and said, this donut is as big as my face. (laughs) And I have a large face, listeners at home. A large face. I edit it down so that when you listen to this podcast, it feels like a regular face, but it's a big face. Yet another unrealistic standard for faces. (laughs) Anyway, the, the place was really good. I got a donut that had fruity pebbles on it, and it just made me feel like I was alive. What was nice is that we got two different kinds of donuts. I got the uh, cinnamon sugar donut, and you got the fruity pebbles donut. Your donut, when you broke open to it and bit into it and ate it like a donut, uh, it looked like a leavened bread product. It looked fluffy and light on the inside, whereas my donut was like the classic dense cakey kind of donut. And the fact that they did both so freaking well was magnifique. Yeah, honestly, I was really impressed by the fact that they had, like, different sorts of donuts, because I feel like, I mean, I guess one of their specialties is donuts. I probably shouldn't give them that much credit. The place is called Davis Square Donuts and Bagels, and I don't think their specialty is Davis Square. That's just where they are. (laughs) Okay, uh, good comment, babe. Um, (laughs) Thank you, I'm trying. So I think it's really really impressive that both of those textures of donuts were as phenomenal as they were. I know being from like Pennsylvania Dutch country, basically like I, that's, you know, Pennsylvania Dutch invented donuts. So like I, I expect a lot of my donuts. And also I have a particular affinity for cake donuts because at least from my standpoint, I feel like cake donuts are the most prevalent donuts where I'm from. I know, like, if you're from California, you're, like, probably looking for a more bready donut, kind of like, um, gosh, I can't believe I'm blanking on the name of this really famous donut chain. Krispy Kreme? <sighs> yes, Krispy Kreme. Really famous donut chain. Wow. Breakfast journalism. Um But, like, that's something that I've noticed with, like, my West Coast friends. Like, I'm an East Coast person. So, like, that's usually, like, a topic of debate. Like, what types of donuts we like. Um, And I super prefer cake donuts. But I really appreciated, like, this was the first kind of, like, yeasty, bready, almost Krispy Kreme sort of textured donut that I've had that I really enjoyed. The lightness of it was really necessary because like we're talking a fruity pebbles donut i frankly bought it because i wanted to take a picture of it but as soon as i saw it i knew it needed to be inside of me so that (laughs) happened um (laughs) regrets were had um except it wasn't a a regret because it was totally delicious um anyway it was it was really nice to have a really like light donut because if it was also heavy and it also was sweet and had fruity pebbles on it i think it would have been way too much it was just a good choice I love Krispy Kreme so much. When I lived in New York, I would go to the one in Penn Station a whole bunch, and it was really, really nice. I, It's not that I never had an affinity for it before, because I always liked it, but I never really appreciated it until it was right next to where I used to work, so I really enjoyed having it right around there. Krispy Kreme is just not my bag. I, I watch, um, one of my favorite YouTube channels is called Threadbanger, and they did a series of episodes for a while, I think like maybe a year, year and a half ago, where Rob on the channel did a lot of like food experiments where like he used Krispy Kremes to make new food. Stop. I need yeah. to do this. We need to do he this. He used it as bread for grilled cheese. He made a burger where the donuts were buns. He, like, put it in a waffle iron so it got, like, a waffly texture. Yeah, we need to try this. This is a food experiment we need to do. Even though... I think Brian just had a heart attack hearing about it, let alone eating it. I have a heart attack every time I do a podcast with you. I... Wow. Um, <laughs> is that because 
you love me so much that your heart explodes? Yes. And uh, that combined with fatty breakfast food combined with uh, my own genetic disposition toward high cholesterol means that uh, I have a heart attack almost every time I do a podcast with you. I'm going to argue that that's not really romantic, but I think we should move on. <laughs> Let's talk about the uh, breakfast sandwich we had because we each got a uh, bagel with uh, egg, cheese, and breakfast meat. I had bacon, you had sausage. Uh, we both got everything bagels. And to me, I, I know I've talked about this several times before on the show, but uh, it wasn't until Top Four's bagel episode that I really grew an appreciation for everything bagels as a sandwich medium. And I think this place had a better sandwich than I've had in a long time, even though I think the bagel is not as good as Bagelsaurus. You know, I would argue that like I don't want to do too many comparisons between Bagelsaurus and Davis Square bagels and donuts donuts and bagels I don't know I don't want to do too many comparisons between the two because I actually don't really feel like they're the same sort of place I feel like Bagelsaurus is like artisanal like incredible options that are really elevated in profile and flavor whereas a place like Davis Square donuts and bagels is more of a like they do the standbys and they do them better than anyone. Exactly. Uh, molecularly, I think Bagel Source is better as a bagel, uh, but Davis Square Bagels and Bagels is a lot better with the sandwiches that they built. <laughs> you say Bagels and Bagels. <laughs> bagel Square Davis and Donuts. Bagel Square Donuts and Davis. Um, Square Donuts and Bagel Davis. Davidson's Bagel Donuts. <laughs> <laughs> We're, this is how you know we're not sponsored. We are absolutely not sponsored. Someone please sponsor us. We're here today to talk about a breakfast sandwich that we made each other a few weeks ago that we have been scheming for a long time, but only just got up the courage to do it when we were hungry enough to try something completely new. And we're very excited to bring you today live from Most Important Meal Studios. We are here to talk about the sausage smash burger. Yeah, I want to I want to put a little footnote before we begin. The footnote to the sausage smash burger breakfast burger um, is that this we did this during snowpocalypse uh, here on the East Coast where like it was VVV snowy and I had two days off of work. But we also ended up making smash burgers twice. And the first time we were like, it is time for us to take Jimmy Dean sausage meat and cook it in the style of the smash burger. Brian, I think you should talk about your background with smash burgers. I love them a lot, and they're delicious. No, uh, So I watched a video by Kenji Lopez-Alf, I'll be in the show notes, where he talks about uh, how to make smash burgers. And he has a few uh, very specific requirements, such that uh, there are they are smaller patties that are flattened entirely and then cooked over very, very high heat very, very quickly, so that what you're getting on your burger is not so much like a juicy, beautiful, medium rare, but lots and lots of crispy crust. So much so that you get two burgers and layer them on top of each other for quadruple the crispy. Which is, I think, a really interesting concept, and one that I wasn't super behind until I actually ate one, or like ate one that I knew was a smash burger. Because I feel like growing up, it was always this idea that like a good burger was like a big, juicy burger. And like, but my dad, like, my dad is from California, and so he, I remember, like, we'd visit California a lot, because he also, like, we also still have family out there, and he'd take us to In-N-Out, being like, this is the greatest thing in the world, and I need to show this to my children. I agree, it is the greatest thing in the world. 
Yeah, they are. And they're smash burgers. They're not big, juicy burgers. But my dad, who I talk to, to this day is like, man, they're just like big, juicy burgers. And they're not. They're burgers that they smash down into a crisp and like have that like Maillard reaction. Is that what it is? Yes. And they have that like crispy, crispy, magical meat reaction where it puts so much texture in the burger in a way that you don't get if you have just like a big slab of burger. Although I I can see where your dad's coming from in that I always thought that fast food burgers were as thin as they were for the sake of uh, packaging, freezing, and then easy reheating. But that's probably part of the reason. But part of the reason is also the fact that thinner burgers mean more surface area, which means more crisp. Well, and also when you're talking about places like In-N-Out and Shake Shack, they pride themselves on never freezing their meat. So it's kind of, I, I, I still get what you're saying, but like, it's like a portioning thing, probably more than like a freezing thing. Five Guys is another one of those places, too, that's like we use really super fresh meat so that your burger is as juicy and fresh as possible. But a lot of that also comes from the fact that they're cooking such thin burgers and they don't need to be frozen if they're that, you know, you're not so concerned about the inside because it's cooked instantly. You don't need to worry about eating unsafe meat. Well, and I I would really be interested to see the science behind like... I wonder if it's actually that bad to like have a frozen burger. When you really think about it logically, I feel like there there probably isn't that much difference to it. No, there isn't. But there's also that public perception thing where, oh, these are just frozen things that they're reheating right in front of you for 30 seconds. It's all propaganda. (laughs) As somebody who freezes lots and lots of food and reheats it in a sous vide, uh, I can wholeheartedly say that unless you're freezing things for like literal months or shipping them frozen, which could have some problems in terms of uh, freezing and thawing and then refreezing, uh, you're, you're completely fine. And it's just a marketing ploy. Anyway, I want to discuss our idea with the class. Yes, yes, go ahead, uh, Allison Truge in the front row of the class that we're totally in. Um, this is Most Important Meal 101. Um, it's so weird that I'm saying the name of the class as a student in the class where everyone else knows what this is. Yeah, I thought I was the teacher here, um, Matt Allison Truge. <laughs> I would like to teach the class, um, about my brilliant idea, which is to have a smash burger, but instead of the meat being... Like, you know, beef, ground beef. I wanted it to be Jimmy Dean sausage that, like, comes in the ding-dang log. And then I wanted to put a fried egg on top with some crispy bacon and, like, some sort of a, like... I wish we had done, like, a chipotle sauce. We ended up doing kind of, like, a Dijon mustard butter situation with, like, a little bit of hot sauce. Inspired by a bagel source that has a Dijon butter uh, sauce for their bagel. Naturally, naturally. My concern with this uh, process was that sausage could perhaps be a different makeup than uh, ground beef so that uh, maybe it'll cook differently or need to cook longer or so. And then there's also the fact that pork winds up being um, not as healthy to be eaten less than super well cooked. Although the uh, Smashburgs cook fairly fast and fairly quickly and and very thoroughly, but part of uh, Kenji Lopez-Alt's recipe is that it really only cooks from one side. And by the time you can see on the the other side, the side facing up that you could see regularly, by the time that is cooked, you're set. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, it ended up being a a pretty different animal, as I remember you cooking them, Brian. Uh, Because they kind of ended up sticking to the pan somewhat. But like, man, you know, it was delicious anyway. And I'm wondering how we would improve that in the future. Like maybe grinding some 
beef in with the sausage meat because I I'll say this: Brian and I cooked smash burgers twice in the entire snow snow being snowed in experience, and the ones that he cooked with beef really were better. Like it was a really really amazing breakfast sandwich. But it had a lot going on. And I feel like the more simple actual smash burger was better. We went in kind of wanting to do like a a really true breakfast burger in that like the sausage was actually the meat instead of like having a burger that just happened to have an egg and bacon on it. But like, I don't know. Maybe there's a reason why people don't do that. Because like sausage is just a different animal than beef. I mean, it and literally it's Quite it literally, is. it's a pig versus a cow. Leave me alone. I'm watching lots of BoJack Horseman right now, and seeing all these anthropomorphized animals has been very bizarre in terms of thinking about, you know, this animal is this, and this animal is that. And the show addresses that in a few real weird ways, but also being like, we are eating cow versus eating pork. Uh, pig, like, in this context is making me feel weird, like I'm eating some of my favorite characters from television. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> but yes, uh, the, the idea of Smash Burgers is that they're supposed to stick. And they're supposed to uh, get super crispy. And by the time things get super crispy, they'll release themselves from the pan. And that's how you know when to flip them. Sausage didn't do that. Um, They stuck, which was nice. But by the time it was fully cooked, it did not release. And I spent a lot of time scraping bits of sausage off out of the pan. And that was not fun. Just like God intended. Yes, God intended cast iron to be beautiful and trustworthy and amazing. Anyway, we'd be really interested to see if any of you at home try this recipe because, I don't know, I, I would be interested to see if anyone else could make it work a little bit better than we did. Yeah, I really wish that when we were cooking this burger, we knew a little bit more about it going in. Because I don't think we talked about anything else that was on the sandwich. We added an egg as well, which is part of what made it a breakfast sandwich. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mentioned that at the beginning. Yes, 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 yes. But the egg is what made this a breakfast sandwich, in my opinion, because otherwise it was like charred bits of meat, and the fact that it was sausage really shone through in the fact that it was spicy and flavorful, not so much that uh, it felt like... It, it, it didn't feel like a sausage patty like you'd get on a breakfast sandwich anywhere else. Yeah, exactly. I'm wondering... So, to try for next time, I want to, like, maybe try sliders instead of a, like, total burger. Because if oh. you think of sausage patties that actually come in the little itty-bitty patties, I feel like that would be really good for a slider. And maybe having, like, smaller, like, portions of meat would have them stick together a little better. Um, I would also be super interested, I think Brian and I should try this, but also listeners at home, you can also try this. Like, I want to try this sandwich, and I want the bread to be donuts. We need to do some of those donut experiments from uh, Threadbanger, because, oh my god, they look delicious. Um, One of the things, this is neither here nor there, but one of the things that I love about YouTube is that there's almost this kind of absolvement, absolution from doing ridiculous things because you're doing it for the internet and you're doing it because no one else has done it before. So it's okay to royally F up and try things that no one else has done before, which is why I felt really confident in trying uh, these smash burgers because no one else was going to do it. And I'm really glad that we gave it a shot. And I'm also very excited to add a griddle donut to that equation. Yeah, I'm like really stoked that even doing our like small little itty bitty baby podcast, we like get ideas and like, you know, we have a reason to try out ridiculous stuff. Um, So if you guys want to like 
have an update on those sorts of like donut experiments, let us know. Um, tweet at us or whatever. Um, yeah, <laughs> I want to. I want to do a whole episode on like weird breakfast experiments. Well, then guess what? We're going to do it. Also, huge shout out to the Worsh family who sent us a magical box of goodies over the holidays. Thank you so much, Dan and Michelle. That was one of the sweetest things we've ever uh, we've ever gotten. Thank you. Yeah, I, I'm really sorry that we haven't been able to plug it since then, but we also haven't had an episode in 2018 yet. <laughs> LOL, we were too busy loving each other. One of the things they sent us was uh, a kitchen towel from Michelle Worsh's uh, shop called Pippi's Treasures. It is a kitchen towel that says, chickens, the animal that poops breakfast and it is one of the sweetest things in the entire world i've like never heard that before it's so adorable <laughs> we'll link the shop in the show notes please go support them it's one of the greatest things you can see on the internet and uh thank you so much again and also i, I just want to like shout out that we were at podcon it was literally over a month and a half ago at this point but i just wanted to say that like it was super super dope to meet like a couple of you especially nick ward nick ward was very very sweet and uh, we'll probably be going next year if anyone wants to, like, I don't know, say hey. It's, like, maybe a little bit too early to be planning that, but hey. <laughs> I miss PodCon so much. That was one of the most fun things that uh, I think we, I've ever done because there are so many really wonderful friends and incomparable people and uh, fans that somehow recognized us. Like, it was one of the coolest things ever. And it made me be like, well, time to move to Seattle. Wait, what? What a beautiful city. Wait, I, I literally just moved to Boston. What? LOL, bye. No! Oh, well, as, as long as you're over there, can you get me a few things from Tom Bin? No. Please? No. But they have really cool backpacks. Maybe. Okay, good.